MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN Primetime. Hour two of VSIN Primetime alongside national champion Mike Pritchard. <laughs> you know, all last week, Pritch, we uh, we said Liberty Bowl MVP, Sean King, because we had the Liberty Bowl uh, last week. We yeah. both had Kansas in that game, which somehow, mm-hmm. some way, came home right. to cover the, uh, the, <laughs> the the three there. But um, Sean not with us today as he is uh, enjoying himself down there in Arlington, Texas, after his... Tulane Green Wave pull a insur ah, I don't call it insurmountable. Seemed it <laughs> right. forty six down forty five to thirty. Yeah, and you know we were just talking to producer Britton uh, a little bit during the break. It felt like USC, no matter what they wanted to do, they could do offensively, and mm-hmm. that's basically been the storyline all year. Mm-hmm. Even without Jordan Addis, it didn't matter. Even without Travis Dye, it didn't matter. They could do whatever they wanted, but. You know, I it, it's hard, and as a you know former player yourself, mm-hmm. it's hard to blame, and I'm not doing it, but it's hard to blame one particular play. But man, the botched kickoff return really put USC in a tricky spot. But you could also question Lincoln Riley's play calling. Right. You know, going shotgun, handing it off in the end zone when two lanes kind of going all out to try to get the safety. But regardless, uh, heck of a win for Tulane. Yeah, uh, what a win for them, and uh, you know, Tajay Spears, I. I think he's a true sophomore. I got to double check that. He's the running back for mm-hmm. uh, for for Tulane. That guy's playing on Sundays. Now yeah. he's a junior. He should. I would be stunned if he does not. If he 
does not go pro. Well, right, right. Because no, you're a running back. Absolutely. And you're, you're, you know. Yeah, and running backs are, have value now in the National Football League. Uh, I mean, just think about what the league is turning into uh, and the disadvantages, you know, from these spread offenses that we see each and every Saturday and, and now what we're going to see on Sundays moving forward, too. So, um, you know, what's interesting about bowl games from my own personal experience is how much are these coaches invested into situations right. and, and these bowl games? And uh, they're not. And unless there's a meaning behind it, unless you really want to win that trophy. And to me, I think you can find that information as a better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, like Tulane, uh, whether they're dead or not, or, or competitive or not, at some point, this game obviously was something uh, more than just playing the Cotton Bowl. It was about beating USC. Yeah. Whereas what does SC benefit by beating Tulane? Right. I mean, I guess you can avoid embarrassment, but what we saw was a showcase yeah. from SC. Uh, and that, I think that's how they treated the practices, too, and, and the preparations. So uh, from my own experiences as a player in, in these bowl games, just knowing uh, what goes into preparing for two national championships versus what went into playing for the Freedom Bowl right. and a trophy against BYU. Yeah, and, and a lot of these earlier bowl games, you know, it's, it, you know, what's the coaching situation? What mm -hmm. year is your coach in? Right. You know, is it year one? Uh, you know, LSU puts it on Purdue. Purdue is in a coaching transition. Uh, by the way, anyone who played LSU, uh, I know a lot of people on the network early on. That was one of the early bets. We had Brad Powers on our show. Uh, you know, first Tuesday after the Bulls were announced, play LSU. It didn't matter when you played it. They covered. They won by 56 <laughs> points today. However, uh, I had the under in that game. And uh, 56 and a half, one side gets held to seven points, and it still doesn't go under. So yep. that's... <laughs> That was fun to uh, to watch that uh, un, uh, unfold there. I want to get to uh, the national championship game a little bit later on, but uh, we're keeping our eye on the Rose Bowl, 14-14, second half just underway, Utah and Penn State, Utah starting with the ball. We just talked to Will Hill, and I thought he brought up a really interesting point about tonight's game mm -hmm. with the Bengals and the Bills. And I don't know if it's an apples-to-apples -apples comparison. I, I don't think it is. But, you know, you think back to New Year's Eve and Ohio State, and the way that they were, they played, and the way C.J. Stroud played, he right. was phenomenal in that game. And Pritch, he utilized his legs like he's never used them before. And you see that, especially with big-time quarterbacks in you know important games. So is tonight one of those games for Josh Allen? So I just pulled up his rushing prop, forty-seven and a half rushing yards. Uh, that was you know what I don't think Will was saying you know pounding the table like Dustin was on Christmas Day on, on Jalen Waddle over receiving yards with you. Yeah. But I, I tend to agree with his assessment, 45 and a half there at, uh, I believe that's BetMGM. But I think, here's the question I would have for you, Pritch. What's mm -hmm. more likely, him going over his rushing yards or Josh Allen utilizing his legs inside the red zone? Because he's around plus 215 anytime touchdown. And I feel like, especially in a game with so much importance and it, it feels like this is going to be, you know, back and forth. I would look at Josh Allen finding the end zone, utilizing his legs, because he does that so much, right? He extends right. the plays, and then he can just use his big frame and kind of sneak his way into the corner of an end zone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, plus 215, anytime yeah. touchdown for Josh Allen. I like that, too, to be honest with you, because Buffalo plays with six eligibles. Um, Josh Allen can be a running back at times. Yeah. He can be, uh, you know, an option. Uh, if you think about the RPO stuff. And uh, what I mean by that is, okay, when you're trying to get to the RPO and the option game, you're trying to get to the perimeter a lot of times, unless the defense 
is taken out of the way, then you're just going to give it, right? Uh, but uh, whatever, if you're going to try to get to the perimeter with the quarterback actually keeping the ball, or are you going to throw it? Basically a pitch. Uh, and, and that's what we see in the National Football League and, and being involved in a wishbone offense. And it's the same type of scheme. Uh, so absolutely, I, I think Josh Allen is a weapon in the red zone uh, because Cincinnati is so different uh, in terms of game planning. Uh, they are a, a, a multiple defense, right? And uh, I think you keep them off balance if you involve all six eligibles. Uh, and I think Buffalo needs to do that. So anytime touchdown with Josh Allen should be in play, in my estimation. Uh, the guy is incredible on a big stage, too. Uh, he's, he's different than Patrick. Patrick Mahomes against Cincinnati. Uh, I think Cincinnati feels pretty good about trying to exploit the lack of patience for Patrick. But, you know, you got Josh Allen, who definitely can just tuck it and run it. Uh, extra blockers, uh, in addition to throwing the football, too. So uh, I think the Bengals have their hands full in, in a lot of ways against this offense from Buffalo. So I'm going to play both. Uh, that, those are going to be my plays today. I'm gonna have, mm -hmm. We're going to have a little fun. We're going to go a little mm -hmm. Josh Allen. We're going to ride with him tonight because I, I just, you know, I, I don't have, by the way, Cam Rising. I'm I'm enjoying play watching yeah. him, man. He he's he's got a future. He's God. I, I hate using the word because you know everyone. He's just a gamer, man. He's just one of those guys that you're like, you know, Michael Pratt was making right. plays. And we've seen this from so many quarterbacks during the bowl season. But you know, he's spinning. He's got a you know dude wide open in the flat where 32 looks like he's like 280 pounds. So you know, just like a random fullback out there. Uh, but. It's he's a fun quarterback yeah. to watch, and he's yeah. playing with one leg too. I yeah, mean, that knee really is uh, bothering him right now. But going back to Josh Allen, looking back at games that that came down to the wire, okay, mm -hmm. Detroit Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. they right. win that game on a game-winning field goal. He had seventy-eight rushing yards in that game. Uh, two weeks ago, in that frigid game against the Dolphins in the snow. Mm -hmm. It's seventy-seven rushing yards in that game, a game decided by three points. So there's a correlation. Minnesota, when they lost that crazy game in overtime, 84 rushing yards. The Jets, the game they lost by three to the Jets, he had 86 rushing yards. Pritch, games that are close, he's getting 47 or more rushing yards. I'm going to run this out, okay? Mm -hmm. Miami, they lose by two down in Miami. He had 47 rushing yards. The following week, they beat Baltimore. Remember, they come back, they win that game. They win by three, 70 rushing yards. They win against Kansas City by four, only 32. So that doesn't apply uh, Tim going over there. Jets, they lose by three, 86. Minnesota, they lose by three, 84. They win Detroit by three, 78. 77 against Miami when they won by three. Close games, Allen is going to utilize his legs. So at the end of the day, right. do we both believe this is going to be a close game? I mean, the the, the point spread's telling you it's going right. to be close. Right. I think it will be, so... Mm -hmm. Look, I'm not saying it's the my strongest play in the history of the world, but in important games, Pritch, and I think you would attest to this, quarterbacks who can utilize their legs tend to utilize yeah, their legs. Yeah, absolutely. This game is no different than a uh, playoff game. I mean, this is essentially for the number one seed, so this is a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, and these teams are going to treat it that way. The week of practice, the preparation was all about this being a playoff game. Uh, one of the things that kind of boosts your play here is yards per rushing attempt. Like, if you th think about who the leaders are mm -hmm. uh, in the National Football League right now, who would you who would you guess is, is at the top? McCaffrey? Is he high up there? Um, he might not have enough attempts to be he, eligible yeah, for this. Yeah, like Josh Jacobs right now is oh, at yeah. 5.0 yards per carry. Nick Chubb, right? Travis Etienne is at 5.2. Uh, I but, mean, Josh Allen's at 6.5. He's at 
6.5. What my, my point is, is that's third in the National Football <laughs> wow. League. Yeah. But Justin Fields is leading. Yeah. Right? And we know what he type of playmaker he does. Too. He Oof. turns the game into Pop Warner sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, before the injury, uh, yeah. he's averaging over uh, 6.8 yards per, per attempt, rushing attempt. So when you play with six eligibles, and they are a running back. I mean, Jalen Hurts on, on, on the pace to be an MVP type of player before the injury, right? Josh Allen's still on pace, I think, a little bit. I got a ticket on him, by the way. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is a massive favorite, yeah, by the is. way, right now. And I like, got a ticket on him, too. All right, there we go. <laughs> but in terms of this stage, absolutely. And, and number one seed, that player is thinking, how do I win this football game? Well, think about the importance. And you said playoff game. This mm -hmm. is a playoff game yeah. because the Bengals can rest everybody if they mm -hmm. win today because they lock up the AFC North. I don't think seeding-wise they've got a chance at a one seed, so there's no chance at a bye. But now with the, the, the way the playoff is structured, where you only have one bye, right. and then you think about the importance of Buffalo, who has now lost, what, back-to-back -back years on the road at Kansas City. Right. They desperately want home field advantage. So I think tonight is going to be a playoff type of atmosphere, knowing what the Bengals are playing for and what that what the Bills are playing for for the hope of of getting a home field advantage, mm -hmm. Pritch. And that's why I think you probably see both quarterbacks use their legs a little bit here. I think you will. I you mean, know, Joe Burrow. I I'll look up his prop during the break. You know, Britain just let us know 14 and a half. I mean, you could see Joe Burrow extending some plays. Tonight. Right, right. If Buffalo's defense kind of relaxes, too. I mean, Burrow's not going to have maybe he might have design runs. You never know. I mean, wrinkle here, wrinkle there. But I I'm not anticipating that. But certainly scrambling opportunities are there for Burrow tonight. That's Mike Pritchard. I'm Tim Murray. What a game we have tonight. Bengals and Bills only about an hour away. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is v Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on v the sports betting network. Keep it rolling here on a big time Monday. Happy New Year to all alongside national champ Mike Pritchard. Can't take that away. Block in the back. Uh, I am Tim Murray, Sean King on assignment. And just like that, we go to break. It looked like, oh, we're going to have a slugfest second half. Penn State goes 95 yards and three plays. The bulk of that coming on a Nicholas Singleton Third and two, I got to find how many exact yards he went for. Third and two, 87-yard run there. Pritch, the, the 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 game was just on right there. I'm curious, you know, as a former player, you know, you see it, and this this happens when you, when you bring, you know, you've got single coverage outside, right. you kind of bring the house, you stack the box. Once you get past that first level, and you've got an explosive back like we just saw the uh, the freshman Nicholas Singleton. Mm-hmm. It could be it could be deuces. I'm out. So I yeah. mean, what what happened on that play well, there for Utah? You know what's crazy about it, Tim, is a lot of people are scared to run against stacked boxes like eight or nine man fronts. But you're right. Uh, if you have a back like that who can break a tackle, there, there's nobody else to contend with. You know, uh, the great Terrell Davis, Hall of Famer. Um, when you have this wide zone run, running scheme, and we see that prevalent in the National Football League, it's still in college football too, they're not looking at linebackers. I mean, it was great to have conversations with these guys in today's game. Yeah. Uh, because when I was playing, of course, we knew the fronts, and we didn't have to negotiate linebackers and defense alignment and all that, but all that's taken care of with the blocking scheme, even with eight-man fronts. So negotiating the safety was the focal point of these type of players. So when you can negotiate a safety, I knew where everybody was going to be. All I had to do was beat that safety, whether it was running him over or, or <laughs> making him miss. We but knew it was going to be a touchdown. Old, 
Fritz, you had the big old shoulder pads back in the day. I slimmed them down. I slimmed them. <laughs> when I was a running back, I had the big guys. I had the big guys. No neck roll, though. <laughs> but uh, I slimmed them down when I went to wide receiver. But, no, I, I think, you know, when you have a good rushing attack, and, and we're seeing it more and more in the National Football League, and this is great for betters, these, these running backs, the Josh Jacobs, the Nick Chubbs, and all these great running backs, I mean, they are negotiating safeties. Uh, and if they can make them miss or, or certainly get a block from a wide receiver on the edges with these loaded fronts, it is out the gate uh, a lot of times and bump your head on the goalpost. In-game just went Penn State minus four after the touchdown run from Nicholas Singleton. So 21-14, Penn State with the lead over Utah in the Rose Bowl, the final college football game until next Monday when it is TCU taking on Georgia in the national championship. We do have Monday Night Football tonight. One final game in week 17. Buffalo taking on the Bengals. 51 is the total uh, spread, depending on where you look. Mostly two and a half, some juice two and a halfs in favor of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, there is still one, two. Uh, South Point, our friends over there who always uh, deal at minus 110, hanging on to that two. So maybe they're looking for some action, uh, but uh, they're rolling with, uh, with Buffalo at minus two right now so if you're in las vegas you could still get over there uh and uh, and grab a two if uh you like the buffalo bills in this spot during the break so we were talking a lot last week our last segment excuse me about about rushing yards from the quarterback right. tonight uh, if you're wondering joe burrow 13 and a half 14 and a half not a guy that you know runs all that much uh we've seen him utilize his legs from time to time you know early december and the three-point win over kansas city uh, he got out, ran for 46 yards. He he can get you a long run. Uh, you know, this year he's had a 23-yarder, 20-yarder, 19, 16. So if he gets you one of those, you're in decent shape for uh, the rushing prop. But one thing you said during the break, and, and I'd love for you to expand on it, is you think the screen game tonight could be really important and maybe some props to look at are, are some of the running backs receiving yards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um... – when you look at where the advantages could be or where matchups could be, too, obviously on, on the edges, you, you think about those are the featured matchups. But uh, primarily, when in a game like this, uh, teams that are prolific, they're going to utilize everybody, the tight ends and running backs in the passing game. Uh, I think if you can create pressured looks, too, uh, from either defense, uh, and therefore you can slip those screens in there. Uh, and, and that really gives you uh, an advantage if you can time it up right, as a play caller. So uh, those screen plays, if they get timed up, can be big hitters, I think, in a game like this. So uh, looking at running back props, receiving yards props, I mean, I, I think those are in play. Uh, you mentioned one thing about Joe Burrow and his rushing yards prop. Because of the injury to Lyle Collins, uh, you know, how many times is he going to perhaps get flushed mm -hmm. out of that pocket a little bit, too? And uh, you wonder if he'll tuck and run it uh, in that instance, too. So uh, I think the rushing yards prop uh, is in play. Uh, for Joe Burrow, for both quarterbacks uh, for this football game. Looking at Joe Mixon, uh, his last couple of games here, Pritch, uh, mm -hmm. on Christmas Eve in that four-point win over the Patriots, he had nine targets, seven receptions, 43 yards. Prior to that, in their win over Tampa, where they trailed you know, 17 to nothing, not that I remember because I had Tampa plus three and a half <laughs> or anything like that, uh, five catches, 33 yards, so you're looking at his prop, Joe Mixon, 24 and a half uh, receiving yards tonight, so certainly something maybe to take a look at there uh, in the in the receiving game there. You know, I'll say this about Buffalo. I feel like the run game to me, you know, outside of, of Josh Allen has, yeah. has been rather disappointing this year. I mean, you're looking at Devin Singleton, 
790 yards, but you know, averaging about 50 yards per game. That's that's on par essentially with mm-hmm. what Josh Allen is doing. Uh, Devin Singletary in the receiving game, 19 yards against the Bears, 28 against the Dolphins. Um, so. You know, the rush game has certainly, in my eyes, been a bit of a disappointment for the Bills this year, but maybe they do utilize their their backs a little bit more. You're looking at receiving yards for Devin Singletary at 10.5 at BetMGM. Uh, last two games, he's gone over that uh, in these last two games. Yeah, the, the, receive, or the rushing yard situation for Buffalo, because I, I agree with you. I mean, I think they lack a physical presence at times. Like, they're, they're built to stop the pass defensively and then offensively. Josh Allen, we know he wants to throw the ball, but Josh Allen is the second leading rusher on the team, yeah. right? Uh, and so, again, playing with six eligibles, that's how they get to over 1,800 rushing yards because you throw in almost 800 rushing yards from Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really incredible. But thinking about how defenses try to stop six eligibles, I mean, how do you, how do you account an extra guy uh, when you're also conscious of the passing game? And, and that's where it gets tricky. So uh, I think Josh Allen, Buffalo will use that to her advantage. But from a straight lineup and be physical uh, football team from Buffalo, even though they are right at that 58-42 pass-run ratio, uh, which is a balanced attack, uh, it's, it's to be desired, right? It's, they have to be creative. They can't just uh, put their hand on the ground uh, and line up and say, look, we're just going to run the ball down your throats. We're not, they're not built like that, and I don't think they have that mindset either. So from a creative standpoint, though, uh, I, I think they can be effective with the rushing attack. So interesting development real quickly uh, at the Rose Bowl um, for those keeping along there. Penn State leading 21-14. to 14. Cam Rising just went down mm-hmm. Uh, was crunched by it looked like three or four Penn State players. I don't know exactly what uh, what they're checking on. Uh, he got hurt. I think he had a concussion in last year's Rose Bowl. He missed a game earlier this year. Uh, it was surprising. He missed the I think it was uh, the Washington State game on a Thursday night. He missed due to injury. Uh, Barnes, the backup, had to come in. Bryson Barnes. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Bryson Barnes, uh, as they went to break, was uh, was warming up there. On the sideline, so uh, not great to see Cam Rising go down. I wasn't able to see the play happen, um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But Cam Rising, the quarterback for Utah, did just go down uh, with an injury. So uh, hate to see that. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's it's nothing too uh, too serious here. But we're keeping uh, keep an eye on uh, on that one uh, regarding Utah and Penn State, twenty-one to fourteen in that game. So yeah, he's on one leg too, by the way. I mean, he gutted through that performance in the Pac-12 and uh, the brace that he had or, or certainly the protection that he has on that knee. Uh, and he was effective running the ball at times uh, in that Pac-12 championship a little bit. But uh, the tight end, though, a big – Dalton big, Kincaid. Yep, Kincaid, really big player for him. Uh, and, yeah, he's limping. So it all is – Being held goes, off by trainers going into mm-hmm. the injury tent. They just came back from the telecast. So yeah. goes back to that – See, that's what you think about athletes, like when you're gutting through stuff like that and people know that you're hurt and, and you're trying to play. And obviously this is an important game. And uh, from a betting standpoint, Utah is prepared that way. We'll see uh, what the backup is capable of, but Rising should not go back in that game. Though. No, yeah. And uh, Rising was running, man, like yeah. you said, Pritch. He had nine carries for 57 yards so far mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, and uh, now the backup is into the game, and and he had a play last year. So this is something where, you know, he's had um, – Bryson uh, Barnes, excuse me, has has 
has played in big games before. He started the Washington State game. Last year, he came in, threw a couple passes against Ohio State, threw a touchdown pass mm -hmm. uh, against Ohio State. So this is the second consecutive year he has entered uh, the uh, Rose Bowl. But uh, big development here. Cam Rising, starting quarterback for Utah, helped off the field, limping into the injury tent. Midway through the third quarter, Penn State leading Utah 21 to 14. So we'll see uh, what Utah is able to do with their backup in. That's Mike Pritchard sitting in for Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. We got a huge one tonight in Monday Night Football. Bengals and Bills. Thomas Gable will tell us where the action is coming in behind the counter. He'll join us next. Prime time with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving, moving every game? Betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can change. You could see all the changes and all the action. Found out where public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You could check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Well, once again, we're back from break. That's Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver, first round pick, national champion. I am Tim Murray. Uh, Bryson Barnes has come in for Cam Rising at Utah through an interception, but Utah gets a stop. And sitting next to a former NFL wide receiver, watching a wide receiver get a pass driven into oh. his chest and drop it, I just heard a a, a gasp or a, a an audible. Oh, it's painful from a from it's, a former NFL wide receiver. It's painful to watch that. <laughs> uh, it really is. It's so painful to watch a wide receiver drop a pass like that. 21-14, four and change left in the third quarter. Let's find out about where the action was coming in on this game, Monday Night Football to come, and uh, Week 18 as well. We chat with Thomas Gable from the Borgata there in Atlantic City. Thomas, let's take a look at what we have going on right now before we get to tonight and what we saw earlier today, Penn State and Utah. Uh, I joked because the first half line was a pick at most spots, and the total was 27 and a half, and it was 14-14. So uh, you guys are kind of good at what you do. <laughs> yeah, well, the market's also good at what, at what they do, too. <laughs> Remember, I mean, uh, we just we just open it, and then the market takes it from there. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, listen, Utah opened as uh, the favorite. To, we opened them as two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Penn State closed as a point-and-a-half favorite. Now, for us, I will say we typically do get a lot of Penn State money. There's a lot of Penn State alumni in the South Jersey area, um, and obviously we're we're pretty close uh, in vicinity to to the school and uh, all their satellite campuses there throughout throughout the state of Pennsylvania. So, uh, not surprising that we saw a lot of Penn State money come in here and and drove them to to be the favorite. But obviously that was market wide as well. So. Um, Penn State taking money there throughout. I will say, though, um, for the earlier games um, today, aside from the Citrus Bowl, which the regulators in the state of New Jersey made us take off the board on Friday, um, so we weren't able to offer that. We had to refund all, all wagers on that game. But uh, Illinois-Mississippi State game did go our way, and uh, USC-Tulane 
uh, obviously uh, quite the game there, quite the finish. Uh, we came out uh, in pretty decent shape after that one as well. So uh, we'll see how the Rose Bowl ends. Thomas, what about the uh, national championship game? I mean, the matchup is intriguing, TCU and Georgia, and in uh, a big number, too. I mean, probably rightly so, but uh, in terms of early betting, uh, what are you guys seeing uh, with this game? Uh, it's mostly been TCU money coming in, and uh, we opened Georgia's 13.5-point favorites. It's currently sitting at 13. Uh, the total's sitting at 62.5, and TCU has been a team that, uh, surprisingly enough, in the in the futures pool for us, uh, out of the four semifinalists, the four schools that are in this, that were in the semifinals, TCU had the most tickets written on them to win the national championship at Borgata out of all the four schools, which is sort of surprising. Uh, but um, it, you know, looking back where we opened them at the beginning or before the start of the season. 200 to one. And we only took one $5 bet at 200 to one before <laughs> the numbers started moving. Uh, so we're, we're, we're in a pretty decent shape there between both uh, in the future market, at least. Uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, the early, the early money so far has been on TCU. Thomas, having both dogs cover uh, on new year's Eve and, and one of them went outright TCU. I, I got to imagine a lot of, you know, teasers, money line parlays, putting those two together. So was New Year's Eve, did you guys ring in the new year with uh, with a smile on your face with the way those two games played out? Yeah, we did. I mean, obviously Michigan was uh, was getting bet. that They were a pretty heavy favorite there. Uh, the For the late game there with Ohio State, um, we had – that game actually fell exactly where we needed it. Mm. Um, so we had a lot of parlay liability tied to the Ohio State money line. And, uh, you know, on the spread, we needed Ohio State to cover the spread, uh, but we didn't need them to win outright. In fact, there's been a um, decent six-figure swing there had Ohio State won that game. So uh, just a lot of parlay liability tied to that money line for, for the Buckeyes. So it ended up falling exactly as we needed it, so we were fortunate there. Uh, so, yeah, New Year's Eve was a, a, a very good day for us. Chat once again with Thomas Gable from uh, the Borgata in Atlantic City. Uh, tonight's game is interesting to me. Buffalo and Cincinnati both have uh, been on these big winning streets. Cincinnati's been covering like like machines. Uh, but yet, mm -hmm. at most spots, the number has actually moved against them. I see a lot of two-and-a-halves out there. Uh, here in Vegas, I see South Point actually dipped down to one and a half, so maybe some some late Cincinnati money coming in. Uh, how are you guys situated heading into tonight with Bills and Bengals? Yeah, I'm a little surprised at this one, Tim, because I, I thought the uh, the Bengals would be the one where the number would move towards the Bengals just because of what you said. They've been absolutely tremendous ATS this year. And but it's been the opposite. We've been taking Bill's money, especially uh, today. The Bill's money has been been coming in. So right now, Bill's laying two and a half. But as you said, you're starting to see some shops there. Decent South Point just went to one and a half. Uh, you might see some twos creep up across the board there. But uh, the total has also increased from the opener. Opened at 49 and a half. It's now sitting at 51. So a uh, little bit of liability there on the over, but. Uh, yeah, right now, as we say, we're, we're probably going to need uh, Cincinnati to cover here. And um, I'm just a little bit surprised that uh, take account, I mean, is in the favor of Cincinnati, but the money is coming in on Buffalo.
Thomas, I want to get to Week 18 in the National Football League because, I mean, the challenges are there for betters uh, in terms of uh, going through and figuring out who's going to play and, and why they're going to play and for what reason they're going to play, right? Uh, same thing for you guys who are at the Brigada. I mean, I, I, just the challenges in terms of setting these numbers without uh, that added information right now. Oh, it's always my favorite week of the year, Mike. It's it's so it's so fun to do that. It's such a great exercise, always for the last week of the season. But yeah, I, I mean, I, listen. I, I mean, just look at you know, uh, some shops do the look at headlines. Uh, we do not. We're not one who who does that. So, um, you know, just looking at like say the the Eagles and Giants game, for instance. Mm -hmm. This was a game where a couple weeks ago you thought it would probably be almost a reverse scenario where. Uh, the Giants would be the one who would need this game to possibly get into the playoffs. The Eagles would have probably had the division wrapped up and be sitting everybody. And now we're, we find the exact opposite is the case. So the Eagles are now 14-point favorites because this game is, is a must-win for them. or Not necessarily a must-win, but to uh, make sure that they uh, get the number one seed, uh, which is certainly a big deal for them. And the Giants already are locked into the sixth seed, so they can, they can rest their players. Um, but so there's a lot, there's a lot always to figure out here, um, motivation and so forth. And, you know, I, I think I was on with uh, Michael and Patrick on the Lombardi line earlier, and, uh, we, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the Raiders game, uh, this coming week here against the chiefs, which is, uh, scheduled for Saturday. And, you know, we were talking about the Chiefs not really uh, being able to cover uh, many games this year. And we said, well, the Raiders obviously were very competitive, and uh, who would have thought that uh, against the 49ers? Uh, so you've come into this thinking, well, the Raiders don't really have anything to play with. And Michael said, uh, made a good point. He says, you know, Stidham has a lot to play, with, yeah. to play for mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, future contracts. And a lot of these guys still do. Um, so, uh, Mike, I'm sure, as you know, I mean, these guys are playing for their future at this point. Yep. We're talking once again with Thomas Gable from the Borgata out there in Atlantic City. Uh, Thomas, we got about a minute. Just curious, you know, as, as Pritch alluded to, how challenging it is for, for you guys, for us as the betters when it comes to games. You know, a lot of people these past couple of years have started to dive into contracting incentives and really hammer the prop mm -hmm. market. Is that something that you guys are, are doing a, a lot of work on, seeing what players need what to, uh, to get to, to potential contract incentives? Absolutely. That's something you, you absolutely have to look at. Um, and because it all comes down once again to, to motivation and uh, maybe who's going to be fed the ball a little bit more because, you know, teammates are going to help out teammates. Uh, so that's absolutely something you, you need to look at when you're making those numbers. He is Thomas Gable. Gable excuse me. Uh, always, uh, always appreciate the insight, Thomas. All right, guys. Thanks so much. There he is. Absolutely. Happy New Year to him. And uh, we got... Fourth quarter upcoming, Pritch. 21-14, yeah. Penn State leading Utah. And uh, I mentioned Tajay Spears from Tulane. Already has tweeted out, headed to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> it is V-CIN primetime. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward Points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. 
It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Alongside Mike Pritchard, I'm Tim Murray. Pritch sitting in for Sean King tonight, who was on assignment down there at Jerry's World. Uh, we were in the break. Producer Britton walked in and said, man, really need Utah to win this game. And sure enough, as soon as he said that, Pritch, 88 yards to the house. Yeah. Sean Clifford to Keandre Lambert-Smith. And that is not a Utah connection. That is a Penn State connection. 28 to 14, 14.49 to go in the fourth quarter. Once again, uh, the big news of this one in the second half, Cam Rising starting quarterback went out with a leg injury. Bryson Barnes has come in, and uh, so far no points for the Utes since he has been inserted into the lineup. I've heard about this show. Not only you guys do an outstanding job, of course, uh, but I've heard about this show being the Mush show. Well, that's like, that. how timely was that? <laughs> how timely was that? That was rough. From Britain's Brit- <laughs> had a tough day, man. Britain oh, had Britain had Illinois catching four. You know, the pitchy pitchy woo woo mm-hmm. comes back to bite him. Uh, as Britain has reminded us countlessly that they should have kicked the field goal with three seconds. I tend to agree with that. Uh, and instead, the pitchy pitchy woo woo happens. And uh, to the house goes Mississippi State to get the cover, 19 to 10. And then he goes, did you go in-game, Britain, or did you uh, did you have this pre-flop? Pre-flop. pre-flop? Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I mean. And I told you, I didn't mm-hmm. look. This isn't a, I didn't tweet this out. I didn't make this play, you know, so I'm not going to puff my chest out. But when I saw the market moving like crazy today in favor of Penn State, I had to pull an apple bomb and say, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the steam here." So mm. I, I took a little on on the Nittany Lions uh, because you know it was interesting. We were sit I was sitting at home and keeping an eye on on the board, circa where we sit at, right? Which I would argue, especially when it comes to college football, might be I think it's the sharpest book in the world, especially college football. They were sitting Penn State one and a half, and there were still some Utah plus ones out mm-hmm. there, or excuse me, Utah minus ones out there. So I said, you know what? I'll take a little bit on Penn State here. Public seemed to be more on Utah uh, on this side. So um, we'll see. I mean, certainly the injury to Cam Rising has completely changed the tenor of this game as Utah just went three and out again uh, after that. You know, real quickly, Mm because I love getting, you know, when Sean's here and now that you're here too, the perspective of former player. It was third and four for Penn State, and they roll out. And it, it seemed like some sort of double move got him because, yeah. I mean, Lambert Smith was was running buck naked, you know, in the middle of the field there. Yeah, going to KFC, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean. Um, As a former wide receiver, do you, remind me, how does that feel, Pritch? Uh, you're like, don't screw this up. No. You don't don't drop it. That. You don't even think about that. All you're thinking about is what celebration you're going to do in the end zone, right? Which apparently the new one is the fake hamstring. Yeah. Thing, no, I, you know, it was a play action and then the, like the shoulder fake. So, the shoulder fake after play action. That's a double move now. Mm. But, um, yeah, Utah got caught. Two big plays right there in the second half, uh, apparently. But, um, 
you know, when we looked at it, it was Pickham. Yep. It was juiced towards ooh, Utah. Utah. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah. Uh, it was so, like minus one twenty-five towards yeah, Utah. Yeah, and you know, and I mentioned that Will Hill was on the program earlier about the um, the tradition that Utah has built up now since the passing of two of their players yeah. after halftime into the third quarter. Obviously, you're not going to stop the game to do that in the Rose Bowl. But you know, whether Utah's at home or whether they're in a Pac-12 championship game, that's going to happen. Uh, and so the third quarter has traditionally been one of those games or situation game situations in which Utah um, could separate themselves, right, because of the emotion of the moment. But that's not the case right now. When your quarterback goes down and uh, Barnes does not look like uh, he did last year no. uh, coming into that game in that situation. So uh, some work to do. Whittingham's a, a hell of a coach, though. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens in this final quarter. I mean, here's the thing. It's, it was 14-14 at the half, and Penn State's field position has been incredibly mm -hmm. poor yeah. in this second half. Third and two, 87-yard house call for, for Nicholas Singleton. That was the run. Mm -hmm. And then third and four here, they go 88 yards. So think about that. I mean, that's going to make Kyle Whittingham, you know, want to puke in his mouth yeah. when you think about we had him third down deep in their own territory, and we gave up an 87 and an 88-yard touchdown. Because of missed tackles and then yeah. certainly because of a double-move situation. So, um, you know, if you're playing more sound or if people uh, are not faked out or certainly if you're tougher at the point of attack, those type of plays aren't happening. And, and Utah, th those are the things as a team, collectively, you got to get over, right? Uh, and certainly for college kids, mentally, have to still be engaged. And, and that's what I meant about Kyle Winningham. Uh, being a great coach. I, I think he's still capable of keeping these guys engaged that way. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, you lose your starting quarterback in, in any in any level of football, it's, it's mm -hmm. going to be tough, especially someone who means so much uh, to uh, Cam Rising. So uh, Rising continues to be sidelines with what looks to be a leg injury, was limping, went into uh, the locker room uh, a couple possessions ago. Uh, so a big loss there for uh, for Utah as, once again, 28-14, to 14, Penn State with the lead and the ball now back. Uh, come up top of the hour, your friend you know well, Josh Applebaum. He joins us every Monday in this spot. A little more time to breathe because Monday Night Football has actually been pushed back 15 minutes from normal kickoff, so it'll kick at 8.30 Eastern tonight. Uh, you're looking at – I'm looking at two shops right now, Pritch, mm -hmm. that have gone minus 20 juice on Buffalo. So they're trying their darndest to hold off going to three – because they know once they hit that three, wow. that, that three is going to last for milliseconds. I mean, people are just waiting out there to grab the three. But once again, we've mentioned this a, a number of times. We just had Thomas Gable on, mm -hmm. and uh, I wrote down what he said. He said the ticket count is on the Bengals. You know, the money's coming in on the bills. And he was surprised, uh, like I am too, that it seems the sharp money or the bigger bets are coming in on Buffalo here. Does right. that surprise you? Um no, not really. Not really. I, you know, Buffalo's the favorite to go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl anyway, right? Uh, I think it's been that situation all year pretty much and or going into the year. We knew about that situation. But, you know, Buffalo's getting healthy, uh, and Cincinnati's not. I mean, I think as – How big of the loss is it for that Leo Collins? A out? big one. Yeah. I mean, they remade their offensive line. Uh, Four-fifths of the offensive line is rebuilt now for, for Cincinnati, and – uh, without Burrow at the beginning of the year because of training camp, because of the surgery, they were behind the eight ball a little bit, the timing and, and certainly the, the launch points and all that. But they've worked through that, and, and it's been okay. But now you're going up against this defense, right? And you're going up against 
uh, the personnel and then certainly matchups. Like uh, you think about what Buffalo can do to exploit uh, a weaker link, if you will, at a bookend position. Like you can move several people to that side of the ball, even without Vaughn Miller. Yeah. Um, several people around. And so you're thinking about Cincinnati and what else could they get to? What else could they evolve to? Uh, I mentioned uh, before on a number of shows about forward-looking stats or, or things that I look for as a former player and incorporating that into games that I play. Uh, and one thing that stands out is play selection. Play selection is so indicative of an identity of a football team, what they're comfortable doing, and then also what they're capable of doing. Like when you see a team that can't run the football or can't throw the football, then, I mean, that's pretty telling. I mean, they've skewed their game plans, right, and play selection. But if you get close to balance, that represents the fact that you can get to so many different things in your offense. And uh, that poses problems to the defense, too. So we haven't talked about mistakes we haven't talked about turnovers. Yep. Uh, Josh Allen certainly can is capable of making turnovers, but he's also capable of overcoming those situations. Whereas Cincinnati, uh, you wonder if that could be the case uh, against a defense like Buffalo. And I've been kind of waiting, uh, and I know that you know that frigid night in Buffalo, he played really well against the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. But I've been kind of waiting this year, Pritch. Uh, that Tennessee game, that Monday nighter when they hammered the Titans. You know, we got it there. Uh, by the way, Penn State just went into the end zone again. This puppy is over. Uh, Penn State now up 34-14 with an extra point pending. So Penn State putting in the finishing touches on uh, on Utah. But I've been waiting for that game, that that big-time performance from Josh Allen. He, like, he's not going to win the MVP this year. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes, barring some craziness. But I, I want to see that moment, and, and maybe we get that tonight. Biggest stage yeah. against the Bengals. Yep. Illegal substitution was on Utah. That will be declined. Penn State goes five plays, 47 yards, put the finishing touches on the Utes. Josh Applebaum, give us the latest on the market moving next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.